Father, we thank you. Let's stretch our hands towards Leke. And we thank you for our wonderful man of God, Leke. And we thank you for all what he does, Lord. And Father, as he brings your word today, that you would fill him with your spirit, that you would open up his spirit and that he, whatever comes out of his mouth would just be from your throne room, Lord. And as that word goes forth, it would fall on our hearts, it would fall on our spirits and that, Lord, we wouldn't leave here the same way, but we are prepared today to be rearranged and changed in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you very much. No, amen, amen. Testing one, two. Everybody can hear me? Praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, it's interesting because a lot of tech is really misbehaving today, but it's okay, we, we move, we move. Yes. <clears throat> okay, Father, we're just honor you. I thank you because you are good and your mercy endures forever. Thank you, Father, because, Lord, there is nobody like you. Thank you, Father, because, yes, we're in a, on a journey. We're transitioning, learning all these things that you're doing in our midst. So we thank you. And I just pray, Lord, as I speak, Lord, you speak in the name of Jesus, that this wouldn't be a Leke show or an Idris show, but this would be a God show in the name of Jesus, that this would be you showing up in our midst. This would be you challenging us. This would be you showing us who you are through your love, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to start with a quick recap, because this is like a part two of what I did um, a few, about a month ago. I didn't know it was over an hour long. When I started talking, I realized half an hour had flown away and I was like, oh, okay, I have to do a part two. So this is the part two. Um, it is be loved so you can be love. Okay, so last time I spoke about, so this is where I started. I started with the definition of agape. Um, I spoke about how God is love and the real definition and who God is, his foundation, who is his entire character is love. And I had this as the definition of agape, which was agape is a beautiful word picture of sacrificial love. It is expressed in the fact that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's Romans 5.8. As such, agape can be defined as unmerited, unwavering love. And I want us to hold on to that. God's love is unmerited, which means we didn't deserve it. It's a love that he gave us freely, even when we did not deserve that. Am I making sense? Okay. Unmerited, unwavering, which means it doesn't change. It's not shaken by sin. It's not shaken by things you may have done or things you may not have, have done. It doesn't shake. It's unwavering. Am I making sense? Yeah, it doesn't change. Unchanging love that God has for us. God is the originator of this love and it can only be exp experienced by one who truly knows God and has received his son as the Lord and Savior. The ultimate expression of God's unmitigated love is the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. And where I want to start is, if you don't know the Lord, this is where you get to know him. Okay? The whole point of us being Christians, the foundation of us being Christians is that is built on the fact that Christ died on that cross and God sent Jesus because of love. Okay? John 3.16, the famous scripture that everybody knows. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. So whoever believes in him will have life. Would not, will not perish, but have life everlasting. I'm mixing all different versions there. Okay? My point is, is that the absolute foundation of why we are Christians is the love that Christ has for us. The love that God had for us. 
unwavering, unmerited, but yet while we were sinners, Christ died so we can have a real love. This is not the Hollywood love where it's based on, it's not, it's not based on what you have done. It's not say, you do this for me and I'll do that for you. That's not what it is. It's like, this is my love, full stop. Okay, this is who I am, full stop. Okay, this is my heart towards you, full stop. Okay, it's unmerited, which means you don't need to do nothing for it. It's already there. Am I making sense? It's already available for you. Okay, and I love this last sentence, the ultimate expression of God's unmitigated, and mitigation, if I'm thinking project management, is uh, plan B. So you think of an, an alternative. God's love is not an alternative, or there is no alternative to God's love. This is God's love, full stop. God hasn't got a plan B for his love. Am I making sense? There is no plan B for his love. His love is his love. That's it. And it was shown through Jesus Christ on the cross. So that's from my Bible dictionary and the definition of agape. And that's where I kind of hammered last time when I was preaching. Um, I wanted to do a bit of an analogy. Um, no, actually, no. I know it. Let me do something else. Sorry, this is just... Don't worry, we'll come back to that. We'll come back to that. Right, so I remember looking at the fiery faith vision, and this is where my last um, sermon was actually inspired from. And it was the part... So the fiery faith vision, for those who don't know, was a vision that Kelly had um, in regards to our church and the kind of direction we're moving moving forward in, and it's linked to our vision. So there's a part in it that says, the people at WCC were believing really believe in the word of God. The people really believed who they are in this world for the Lord. And I saw that as us receiving God's love. Hence the first part of um, be loved. Okay, I saw that as us being loved by God and us accepting that love and then finally saying, because I've accepted this love and I understand it, I am now able to go out and be loved to people out there. Okay, The second part then says, other people all around their lives started to listen to them. I walked into a waiting room where people were genuinely waiting to hear what they had to say. And I think that's beautiful. And for me, that's the element of us receiving God's love. And as I said before, going out into the world and being loved to those that need to be loved. Am I making sense? So again, this is where I I was. And then I then split it into two sections where it was us accepting God's word about ourselves to be loved by God. And then people queuing to wait to hear what we had to say to be loved okay so that's how I saw it okay being accepting God's love and then now us going out to be loved right now I can go back in order to what I was doing (laughs) for some reason my powerpoint wouldn't change in order which was really annoying but it's all good right so I want to read the scripture and I think for me it's the foundation of it again we're still recapping it says can anything ever separate us from Christ's love good I like participation does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in anger or threatened with death as the scriptures say for this for your sake we are killed every day we are being slaughtered like sheep and this is obviously talking about persecution and the church going through certain persecutions no despite all these things Overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us, past tense, and I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, nor our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. Yeah? Are we hearing the depth of this? There is nothing 
that can separate us from the love of God. And then it says, no power in the sky above or in the earth below. You know, we're talking about, you know, the powers in the air, the principalities below, all that kind of stuff cannot separate us from the love of God. Nothing in all creation will ever be able. I loved it because you had the past tense where God loved us and nothing could stop us. And there's now the future almost. Nothing can ever be able to separate us from the love of God. There's the future. There's hope, guys. And the thing is, trust me, I'm talking to myself right now. I don't think you understand. I'm not just preaching. I'm really talking to myself. That even in the future, nothing can separate me from the love of God. Okay? Separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Going back to our foundation, who is Christ Jesus. The whole epitome, I don't know if I said that word right, of love. Okay? And Tosin will laugh at me if he was here because we had a little joke of how we say that word incorrectly. Anyway... I'm, gonna, I'm a very random person, okay? I watch really random videos about random things. So I'm going to share something with you. This is called friction welding, okay? I'm going to share this with you. <laughs> yeah, t- literally, I just sit there, flick through YouTube, watch random stuff, but I like to take in a lot of knowledge. So I thought this is interesting. I'm going to watch it and narrate kind of what I think this is kind of speaking to us, okay? <laughs> I'm not even an expert. So this is two pieces of metal. Okay? Completely separate. Yeah? By the way, I did have to speed it up. Oh, you can't see. Sorry, let me get out of the way. Two pieces of metal, completely separate. And one of them's going to spin, the other one's going to stay still. And as they get hotter, which you're going to see, they're actually going to weld together. Hence why it's called friction welding. So you're not using like electric or nothing. It's just kinetic energy, essentially. That, am I right? Kinetic energy, heat, scientists in the room, yeah? So as you can see, it's getting hotter. <clears throat> and as it gets hot, they weld. They become one. Does anyone see where I'm going with this, yeah? Okay, cool. <laughs> they become one. And I love it. It's, it gets hot, it gets hot. And from sometimes I feel like as we're becoming more and more loved by God, things get a bit hot. They get a bit intense. Yeah, because God is now revealing stuff in us that's not glorifying to him and he wants it to come out. Am I making sense? Yeah? And that's what's happening. So as these two are coming together and then you've got this excess metal that doesn't look very nice, does it? You know? And sometimes when God is working on us, it doesn't look very nice. When his love is working on us, it doesn't look nice. Okay? But God has a plan for that as well. Okay? Because it doesn't look nice, oh, by the way, quickly, he's actually trying to hammer this off. So he's trying to separate the two and they're not being separated. He's got a hammer, he's hammering it. It looks like it's going to break, but it doesn't. Look at that. Completely solid. Completely solid. Okay, he's not done yet though, because he needs to clean that up. So the love has come together. This is how I'm seeing it, by the way, the way I interpret things. The love has come together. Yeah, and then God starts to do the trimming, the vining. Yeah, yeah, painful, right? Yeah, but that's what it is. We're becoming more like him. For me, this is the journey of salvation, right? We're becoming more like him. He's like, yes, you've joined to me now, but there's work, there's things that need to be done. Okay, the old things have come up, but things need to be done. Look at that, that's one clean piece of metal. That's what, by the time we get to the other side, that's what we should look like. That's what we should be like. But guys, it's a journey. Understanding the love of God is a journey. I don't expect people to just be love. There we go, I'm done. Okay, did, you, did that make sense? Yeah? It's really weird how God can speak to you in these really things. But for me, it needs to be visual. I'm a real visual person. That's how I operate. So for me, it's, we're coming together via God's love. God draws us in by his love. But as we get drawn closer and closer into his love, 
things come out. Okay, the Bible, Paul, uh, David talks about search my heart, oh Lord, and if there's any grievous way in me, you know, search my heart. And that's what God was doing. That's why I say he's searching, he's pulling stuff out, but then he then cleans it up. Because you have sin or because you have dirt or because you have hidden things inside, God doesn't stop loving you. This is what I mean by um, nothing can separate us from the love of God. Those two metals were now fused. We got to a point, apart from it being punished, you can't tell where one ends, one one starts. It's now fused. And that's what happens to us when we accept the love of God. We become one with God. Am I making sense? Cool. Lastly, this is our recap. So, in the Greek, korizo. I think that's how you say it. Thank you, korizo. <laughs> ho, ko, ho. Rizzo. Rizzo, okay? <laughs> this bit here. Ho, rizzo. Okay? That word separate means, korizo in the Greek, do you know what it means? It means to separate, divide, part, put asunder, to separate oneself from, to depart. The same word is used in, you know what the Bible says, what God has joined together that no man put asunder. That was in a marriage context, right? The same word, korizo, is the same word used in there, which means to divorce. Okay? To divorce, to go away, to depart. What God is saying here is that nothing can divorce you from my love. That's what he's saying. Nothing can cause you to depart. And it's funny because I think we understand the word divorce better than we do separate. It's not, God is saying nothing can divorce you. Nothing can separate you. Nothing can take you away from my love. Once you're fused with God's love, you're fused with God's love. That's it. And you walk with God. Yeah? And he, of course, he highlights the things in you that doesn't glorify him, but he cleans that up. You don't need to clean that stuff up. He does it. Yes, you're on a journey with him, which is beautiful, but he cleans it. Making sense? Fantastic. That was a recap. That was me encouraging you to accept God's love, guys. Okay? Right. Ten minutes. (laughs) I just had to make that, yeah. I want to just kind of make sure that was hitting home there in terms of accepting love. So, part two. So, this is us now being love, and this is the next step. Um, again another definition if a person loves God he or she will also love other people okay Galatians 5 6 1 Thessalonians 3 6 you guys obviously can go home and read these scriptures 1 John 4 20 loving the other person is an outflow of God's love for you Okay, I love that definition because if we truly accepted his love then the fl- what should come out of us should be love Am I making sense? Okay, we receive God's love and what comes out of us is his love. Oh, don't worry, I'll show you a story now that happened to me during the week. Anyway, um, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. This example, the beautiful thing is that Jesus has set the example of what love looks like. Okay, and what does the love look like? He died on the cross, just saying. Okay, that's the example he set and he's saying that I have set that example, now you love one another. Okay. So you must love one another, John 13, uh, 3, 4, and sums up the entire law. Um, and it's interesting because when you look at the law, in terms of the laws that the Jews and the Israelites had to follow, I can't remember if it's 613 roughly, he summed them up into two things. Love the, love the Lord your God, and then love your neighbor as yourself, and that's it. Quite interesting, right? The foundation of what, who we are, guys, is based on love. This is what I'm trying to drive home. The whole law... Do not commit murder. Do not steal. Do not convert. Do not do this. Do not do that. You know, um, if somebody, um, if you're, it's a random one. Um, 
if you're gardening, but I'm really paraphrasing here, and your um, harvest is gone onto the other side, leave it so when people walk past, they can cut it and they can have that if they're poor or whatever. All of those laws has been summed into two. And Jesus made that very clear. Love God and then love your neighbor as yourself. Done. So it's quite interesting that when we go out and say, I can't love that person, well, actually, you're called to love that person. Because if Christ truly lives in you, you can love that person. Okay? I'm going to come to that. Don't worry. I'm going to expand on that a bit more. Anyone who does not do what is right is not a child of God, nor nor is anyone who does not love his brother. Okay? The real test, I think, of you being Christ-like is how much you love the people around you. Okay? And also hard thing to, to hear but I think it's a true test okay let me talk let me go to scripture and let me not just say stuff now okay first John 4 7 to 8 says dear friends let us continue to love one another for the love comes from God from who God first anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God but anyone who does not love does not know God for God is love quite interesting if you do not know God so if you do not love that means you don't know God because God is love so if you want to get to know God you need to get to know his love you want to get to know love you need to get to know God and the only way to express love is to know God receive it and then pour it out am I making sense good me I said I'll just go to scripture because at the end of the day it's the scripture that has to find the authority not lick it okay <laughs> scripture has to find the authority I'm just reading what I you know what I see do another one. Let all that you do be done in love. Okay? First Corinthians 16, 14. Let all that you do be done in what? Okay, I'll share a story here. During the week, I had a confrontation with a student. Okay? For some reason, um, I had a bit of days a day. I went to my normal room to do form time. So like two, um, my school, we have form time during the day. So after lunch or just before lunch. So I will go to the classroom that I normally have form, and the doors are locked. Unfortunately, I had given my key to another student um, because he was locking up the studio for me while I went to my other room. So I didn't have my key. The other staff members didn't have a key. So I had to move my form to another room. So I moved on to another classroom, and as I was trying to settle the class, my form, I hear commotion outside the door. A staff member is telling some students to stop fighting, stop whatever. I turn around, look at the student, and I saw he was one of my tutees. So I told him, oh, if you're not in here, this, so literally he was like there. And I said to him, if you're not here in two seconds, I'm giving you a detention. Oh, F off. <laughs> okay. And the thing is, initially, <laughs> initially, I didn't think nothing of it. So I walked away. Then I saw him walk. And I thought, hold on, wait, were you talking to me? And no word of a lie, now and again, the Hackney side does come out. <laughs> Okay, I'll be honest, I'm not going to pretend it comes out. I was like, are you talking to me? And I literally said, are you talking to me? Like, because in my head I was like, I couldn't understand. Like, what happened from, yeah, I'm careful for the camera. I'm like, what happened? I said, two seconds, I was trying to understand. I don't understand how you reacted that way. Then he's like, yeah, I was talking to you and squared up to me, called me all kinds of names under the sun. Swear words, all kinds of stuff. And I looked at him. You know, like, you're kind of like, <laughs> is this the day I'm going to lose my job? <laughs> is this the day? Is this the day? Is this the day? 
you know, I've got to support my wife, I've got a family, I've got a mortgage, you know, is this the day? And I remember I said, you know what? It's okay. You want to look big in front of your friends? I'm going to walk away. We'll deal with this after school. Then I continue to say, you have crossed the line and I'm not that guy. Okay, you have crossed the line. I'm not that person to be messed with. And so, it's annoying because he's a 14-year-old boy and in my heart I'm thinking, if this was on road, it would have been a complete different story. This is not the one. But anyway, as I was reflecting how I responded to that, I was like, did I deal with that appropriately? Probably not, thank you. Probably not. Then I went to go and find out some, excuse me. Thank you, Cardi. Then I went to find out some information and then realized he's a single parent, comes from a single parent home. His two younger brothers go to the school as well and they're even worse in terms of behavior. I was in the detention, and I think God allowed me to see this thing. I was in the detention the following day and both his brothers were there, year nine, and they were swearing at teachers, calling teachers fat, like all trust me all you know take a, can you please take a jacket and think, what stop talking to me you effing you know fat person whatever literally and I was like wow and it's just dad there's no other person and dad's trying his best and so for me it was just like rah these people need another level of love of understanding and it's just and I've been reflecting on that and that for me so in that moment I probably didn't react to the best way but in reflection I'm thinking do you know what as much as that internal I'm like oh I'm gonna have to submit myself to God pray for these kids and pour out God's love on these guys because that's what they need and it's hard I'll be honest with you and by the way this is just me sharing to say it's not the easiest thing to do to now begin to love the Bible says that you should pray for your enemies okay you should love them pray for them okay not because you're gonna pour heaping coals on the head but pray for them because it's the right thing to do okay not because of the consequences (laughs) that's what the Bible says yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you think, so in, just in me reflecting, I am learning that actually, look it, whatever situation I'm, I need to let all I do be done in love. So even when I'm responding to him, I have to respond in love. I have to, because I represent Christ. And every prayer I've been praying for the last couple of months was, Lord, when people see me, let them see you. So if I then respond in a way that's not Christ-like, then they're not seeing God, are they? And I'm, I'm not necessarily being a good witness. But... I'll have a conversation with him this week. Anyway, does that make sense? Just that kind of, look. We love each other because he loved us first, okay? When I can't love somebody, what I can do is say, do you know what, God, this person is really, really hard to love right now, but because you love me, I know you're giving me the strength and enablement to love someone else. So Lord, I need your strength. And then I can go about doing good to those people, yeah? Okay, First Thessalonians 3, 12, and may the Lord make your love for one another and for all people, okay, that's what the Bible says, again, it's not my words, grow and overflow just as our love for you overflows, okay, Paul is talking about him and Timothy loving the people that, you know, they're, they're shepherding, but the same thing we do, just because, because Christ has loved us, we can now allow the love to overflow for us to love other people, and I know I'm saying the same thing over and over again, but repetition is very good, and I'm using different scriptures to back up that point. Just to let you know, I am not making this stuff up, okay? First um, John 4, 16, 17, one of my favorite ones says, we know how much God loves us and we have put our trust in his love, okay? So you're able to love people because we put the trust, our trust in the love of God, okay? So I'm leaning in God's love and because I trust his love, I'm able to say, do you know what? I'm going to love people around me, Yes? 
God is love and all who live in love live in God. It's a good example, okay? If you're living out of a flowing love, then I know, do you know what? You're living in love. You're living in God. I can see it, okay? And if you feel like you're not, that's okay. It just means maybe there's something that just needs to be tweaked to kind of get you in that place. Okay, do you know what, Lord? This is what your love feels like. Uh, And God lives so... God is love and all who live in love live in God and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. Amen. Our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Okay? And for me, that's important. Because we carry God's love, we represent Christ. The Bible talks about because us Christ, it was Jonathan McReynolds, Christ represents us. The Bible says we are ambassadors of Christ. Anywhere we are, we represent God. And the best way to represent God is by his love. Okay? Make sense? Okay. Um, You know when you look at your slides and thinking, what's that? (laughs) All right, that's what it was. (laughs) What's that? (laughs) Okay. Yeah, yeah. So when we look back to the fiery vision, we look at the two elements that I spoke about. We're receiving God's love by his word and then we're now going out because people want to hear what we have to say. My heart, my heart is for this world. Guys, this world needs God. Like it's, it's unbelievable. Like some of the people I work with and some of the, some of the things I hear these kids say, I'm thinking at your age, maybe, maybe I'm just being completely naive. But I'm like, when I was your age, and some of the things I were like, when I was your age, that wasn't even a thing in my imagination. But some of the stuff they're going through, it's like, yeah, you need God. Like, and they need, I mean, the thing is, they need people to walk alongside them as well. Yes. They need pastoring. They need discipling. They need all the things that we have in the church. And I love it that we disciple one another. We love one another. We walk alongside each other. But the world needs that as well. We need to be in places where we're pouring out God's love and showing his love. We have to be, you know. As much as I struggle sometimes to wake up to go to work, because I think I don't want to work anymore, but that's a different conversation, okay? Like, <laughs> that's a different conversation. But, I, but I'm very much aware that when I walk onto the school grounds, there's a joy. Yeah, exactly. There's a joy that comes into me, because I'm like, I've got these kids that I'm going to make impact in. You know, already, I haven't been there that long, but there's kids that come, oh, sir, can I speak to you? I need to talk to you about my life. You know, I'm like, yeah, come, grab a seat. And I'm just listening to what they're saying. And by God's grace, I'm able to just pour in, you know. And it's easy for me because I was like, oh, one of my favorite quotes. I just pull out a scripture. This is one of my favorite quotes. I'd have to take it from the Bible. I'd have to say it's uh, John 3.16. All I know, there's power in the word of God. And I'm going to release that over you, okay. Is that for me, that's what it is. It's living that life, okay. Being filled with love. But we need to learn. And that's something that I learned, sorry to be up from Pastor Kelly, is that I know she loves God. Okay, for me, she's a perfect example of what it looks like to spend time in God's presence, receive from God, and go out there and release it. Okay, as I said, August, in my last sermon, there was a shift in me where I said, God, I just need to spend time with you. God, I just need to learn to love you. Even this morning, I was honest with God. I was having a conversation with God this morning, and I said, I was praying about love, love, and I was like, God, I was like, what's going on, da, da, da. I said, God, I don't feel loved right now. I said it with my mouth. I was honest, and yes, I started to burst into tears because I realized I didn't realize that's how I felt. But I was honest. Then I, as I was thinking and processing that, 
I then realized, hold on, wait, there's a difference with being fi- fi- there's a difference between feeling love and actually being loved. There's a difference. Okay? Because I don't feel like I'm being loved does not mean I'm not being loved. Okay? Because I don't feel a particular way in regards to God's love doesn't mean that God's love is not there and it's actually tangible. Okay? So this morning I realized, do you know what? I don't feel it, but Lord, I know your love is there. All I'm going to do is trust that your love is there. I'm going to hold on to your love. I'm going to hold on to these words and believe that your love is there. And as I hold on to that, I'm pouring out. This sermon, guys, is an example of that. Because right now, the only reason I'm talking right now is I'm leaning on God's love. And I'm saying, hey, guys, this is what it is. Honestly, okay? The world needs love, okay? And we need to be those examples of just offering love. And if you can't do it, go back to the originator of love. Go back to him, to God. Spend time with him. And then you can, you can. Okay, I'm just very wary of time. Quick testimony. Mr. sorry, do you recognize this picture? Okay, you do. So in October, so our sister over there, our adopted sister over there, um, we went to dinner with Tolly and, and one of our other sisters, and we just went to dinner in central London, because we do this. And our waiter started to talk to us about his life. And apparently, he said, oh, I've just come back from Turkey. And apparently, I don't know what happened, but he lost his wife and was it four children? I can't remember how many it was. All in, I don't, only one go. I think there was an accident or something. He lost his wife. He lost his four children. And he's like, I'm really sad. I'm really depressed. Like, there was a lot he was saying to us. Just, I don't know how we started talking to him. We started talking and he just started talking to us. And we sat there and said, there is no way we can let this guy go without praying for him. There was no way. So we said, yeah. Do you know what? And we, I think it was either Tony or Missouri said, do you mind if we pray for you? And he sat with us, held hands in this, in this very, we actually sat in that very place. That's exactly where we sat. Held hands and we prayed for him in that place. And everyone was looking at us kind of like, what's going on? Where is that? Oh, this is awkward. But we prayed for him because we knew that we needed to extend God's love to him. Yeah? We have something that he didn't have and that was God's love. And we expressed that thing. We prayed for him. And I believe there's a shift. I believe there's a seed that's been planted. There's something. Someone else will come on water and he will come to know the Lord. But we did what we needed to do in that moment. Yeah? It's an encouragement for us to be loved, guys. Because we have received love. Okay? Isaiah 61. I had to. (laughs) Yeah, I had to. Because Pascal sent me a message during the week. And I was like, yep, this makes sense. So, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. That's us, okay? Well, Jesus, and then Jesus passes it on to us. Because the Lord has anointed and qualified me to preach the gospel, okay? Another, in the amplified, the other amplified version, it says commissioned. It's commissioned me to be able to preach the gospel. Um, the gospel of good tidings, meek to the poor and afflicted. He has sent me to build, bind up, the, bind up and heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the physical and spiritually captives and to open up the prisons and of the eyes of those who are bound. For me, this can only happen if we do it in the love of God. And actually, something that Pastor Kelly was saying was that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me and qualified me to love. She did it that way and I thought, that makes a lot of sense. Just to make sure, clarify that it makes a lot of sense. Yes, we are anointed was, I didn't look at my ESV Bible. Okay, what is this saying? This is my commentary. It says, the anointed preacher renews the world. The Messiah, Jesus, will preach into existence his new liberated people. We are those new liberated people. Okay? The Messiah, Jesus, has released, God has released his love in us. We are liberated. We are free. Then we, who, will pray into existence his new redeemed world. That's us. Do you see the, do you see the, the pattern? God, 
love into us, okay? We are his liberated people. And then us into the world, where they're going to bring redemption into the world by his grace. Does that make sense? That's Isaiah 61. Yeah. For me, that is a beautiful picture of Isaiah's head is working at us and we go as Christ's representation, we know that. But anywhere we go, and I've heard this being said before, anywhere we go as Christ's representation, we bring refuge there as well. We bring love there as well. We bring deliverance and healing and everything that is needed in that place, we bring that because we carry God, guys. Am I making sense? Right, recap. If you noticed, I had two different heart images. I like images and I like things. That one was used in section one where I was talking about us receiving God's love. That's us, God working in us and us receiving God's love. And this one represents us pouring out that love. If you notice, and again, simple images, but for me, (laughs) it says a lot. So the recap is, guys, let's receive God's love. Okay? Let us be in a position where we can receive it. Remember, we saw the welding image nothing can separate us from the love of God. We are welded to his love, okay? And even when the things come up, the, the, the sins, the naughty things, whatever, your struggle have come up, God can clean that. God can do it. Yes, it's painful. I heard someone say, ouch. Yes, it's painful. But God does the cleaning up and it's okay, you know? And you're in safe hands at the end of the day. And that was it, guys. Amen? Yeah. Father... Yeah, let me just pray on that. Lord, we just honor you and thank you. Um, I thank you because, Lord, your love is real. I thank you, Father, because your love isn't this fairy tale, but it's a tangible thing that we can access and live in and move in. You know, I thank you, Father, because, Lord, even when we don't feel it, Lord, you still love us. Even when we can't see it, you still love us. And so, Father, I pray, even in this moment, oh God, that we will just receive your love. We'll be that your love will be poured out onto us, O oh God, that it will be poured into our hearts, shed, poured into our hearts, into our hearts, O oh God, so we can pour it out to the people that we come in contact with. And I pray even from this week, we will see a transformation in our lives of people coming in contact with us and receiving more revelation of God's love in Jesus' name. And so, Father, we honor you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. You may have been a Christian for a long time, or you may be exploring the possibilities of a relationship with God. Wherever you are in your journey of life, please feel free to contact us at Woolwich Community Church if you would like any further information on today's message. We will be happy to talk with you, pray with you, and help you in any way we can. Please see the information below in our bio on how to get in touch with us. Have a blessed week and God bless.